You've probably been very aware over recent years that there are some people who are not really interested or bothered about the real meaning of Christmas. And some would like to do away with any reference to the Lord Jesus Christ whatsoever. From time to time, there have been attempts to try and push Christ out of Christmas. Um, one of the things that people have tried to do is actually rename Christmas in other different ways. And various authorities and local councils from time to time have decided to uh, hold a winter festival or maybe even call it a light festival, anything that doesn't involve using the name of Christ. Well, one thing is certainly true about Christmas. It's certainly become a festival of lights in recent years, more than ever before. And uh, I had a look online and found a few photos of different forms of light that are there once Ben's caught up with us. There we go. Now, some of you are familiar with that. That, of course, is the uh, Christmas tree in Liverpool city centre, uh, made up of hearts and uh, become quite a feature in the last couple of years. A few other pictures of some of the lights around the city. And then, of course, it's not just city centres, it's that people's homes uh, in increasing measure uh, seem to be festooned. I, I blame the, the invention of the LED has got a lot to do with this. Um, but there's, there are houses in Liverpool, apparently, that uh, you'll have seen some like that yourselves, probably. And uh, maybe, maybe some of you live in one. I don't know, but uh, um, I'm glad I'm not paying your electricity bill if that's the case. But these kinds of lights are becoming increasingly popular, aren't they? And, uh, of course, one of the things about those lights, you'll have noticed, of course, that all of those photographs were taken at night time. Because if you try to photograph those lights in broad daylight, of course, they wouldn't really look very spectacular at all, would they? And uh, you'd be struggling. Because, of course, when do you turn on the lights? When it's dark. And I want to focus in on one of those verses that we read. It was right at the end of the reading that we had from John chapter 12, where Jesus is speaking, and he says... I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. So it seems to me that we need to begin considering that verse by going to the very end of it. What has abiding in darkness got to do with anyone? Jesus says that because everyone who is born in this world is born in darkness. And abiding in darkness, living in darkness, is actually the condition of every man, woman, teenager, boy or girl. So let's begin by thinking about this. We're all born in darkness. It's what the Bible teaches. Now, darkness is used a lot in the Bible. It's used to describe our sinfulness. It's used to describe life in general without God, without any reference to God. And actually, on several occasions, Jesus describes hell as outer darkness. 
ultimate darkness. Of course, the world looks very different when it's dark, doesn't it? Maybe you, like me, have occasionally visited somewhere, uh, maybe on a holiday, and you've arrived in the evening when it's dark, and you really haven't been able to see very much at all. And you wake up in the morning, and one of the things you actually want to do is have a look in the daylight at the place you've arrived at, because you haven't seen anything really. And you may be surprised, you may be delighted, you might not be with what you see, because the daylight will expose everything that the darkness had hidden when you first arrived. Of course, the Bible uses darkness to speak of our lives when we are sinful and when God is not there, because darkness can hide the things that people don't want us to see. Darkness can cover bad behavior so that we think no one has seen us and we've got away with it. Of course, darkness also makes it very difficult to do things, which is why we have lights. Most of the places where people work, where they study, they have good lighting so that everyone can see well in order to work. A few weeks ago, there was an evening football match taking place and kickoff was delayed for about an hour. Why? Why? Floodlights have failed. Now, some of the support teams think, well, actually, they might play better in the dark, but um, the floodlights wouldn't come on, so they had to wait, because you need light. Some people are afraid of the dark. Not everybody is. But most people, I think, enjoy looking at lights in the darkness. A light in the dark is reassuring, isn't it? A light in the darkness helps you to see. A light in the darkness can help you to feel safe. A light in the darkness can help you to find your way. And the Bible talks about darkness versus light. And it's a very helpful illustration to use darkness and light because darkness and light are two very interesting things, aren't they? I'm always a bit wary when Eamon's in the congregation when I start talking about things to do with physics because he'll probably come up and tell me I'm wrong later. But it's interesting, isn't it? You can turn lights on and off, but you can't really turn darkness on and off in the same kind of way. In the middle of the day, if you want to make the room dark, you don't have a dark switch on the wall that you can just press and the place becomes dark. Now, if we wanted to darken the room, we could draw those blackout curtains across the windows. And the only way you can make this room dark is to block out the light. But you can't block out the darkness to make it light. You have to overcome darkness by turning on the light. And the light casts out the darkness. You can't produce darkness to cast out the light in the same way. Light 
casts out darkness. It works that way round, and it only works that way round. Light casting out the darkness. And that's the, the illustration that the Bible uses frequently. We're all born in this darkness. And what we need is something to cast that darkness away. Now, one of the passages in the Old Testament that's often read at this time of year is the one that um, Graham read earlier from Isaiah chapter 9. And within that reading, it says that the people who've walked in darkness have seen a great light. To be separated from God because of your sin is to be in darkness. And that darkness is where wicked and evil deeds are done. And what we're in need of is light. Now, the Bible talks a lot about darkness in connection with uh, wickedness and evil. There's a lot of verses, especially in the Old Testament, that talk about darkness and equate it to wickedness and evil. Here are three examples. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 9. The wicked shall be silent in darkness. And then in Psalm 82, there's quite a few verses in the Psalms that talk about darkness. 82 verse 5, they do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. So imagine this room with all those curtains drawn, the, 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 uh, the doors shut, the lights off, and with these black walls, pitch black, just stumbling around in the blackness. That's how the Bible describes all of us without God in the world. And in the Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 19, the way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. So they're tripping over things and they can't even see what it is they're tripping over because they're completely in the dark. And that's what it's like to live your life separated from God because of your sins. We desperately need light. But what the Bible says is we don't have any light of our own. Now, lots of people like to think that they do. A number of years ago, quite a few years ago now, there was a time as people were learning lots of new things. They called it the period of enlightenment. And they were discovering new things. And they believed that in this great realm of new knowledge that they were discovering, that they were becoming enlightened. And that this light that they were able to generate for themselves in all their cleverness, so they thought, would be sufficient to cast out the darkness. But it never has been the case. We do not have any light of our own. We are in darkness. But the great news of the Bible and what we remember at every Christmas time is that the light has come into the world. There is light and the light has come. In 1 John chapter 1 verse 5, the apostle John there declares, God is light. And that's the great distinction that the Bible gives that we are dark and in darkness, but God is light. And at Christmas time, as we remember Jesus coming into the world, that light of God has come into 
the world. And God is described as light, of course, because God is good and righteous and holy. And John goes on in that verse to say, and in God there is no darkness at all, only light and goodness and holiness and purity is found in God. And in the opening chapter of his gospel, the same John says that Jesus is the true light. And he gives light to every man. Now, why does John say that Jesus is the true light? Why didn't, why didn't he think it was enough just to say that Jesus is the light? Why did John say he's the true light? Well, I want to suggest there's quite a few reasons. The first is because there are many false lights in the world. There are many who claim to be light, but they're imposters, religious or otherwise. There are many, and their light is only superficial, and it's soon extinguished. The light that they bring is not from God, and the light doesn't live up to the claims that they make. It's a false light. But you see, John describes Jesus as being the true light. Jesus is the pure light. He's the truthful light. He's the faithful light, the all-wise light. In the little town of Bethlehem was born the everlasting light. And God has sent light into the world with one very simple purpose, to rescue us from our darkness. The light of Jesus, first of all, shows us our sins. Like when the sun shines on a window, and when it's dull, you can look out of a window, and the window looks quite clean. Then all of a sudden, the sunlight shines on it, and you realize it's absolutely filthy. Because the sunlight exposes all the dirt and all the grime. And the light of Jesus, first of all, shows us our own sins. We're exposed so that we can see what we're really like. And having shown us our sinfulness, Jesus causes the light of the gospel to cast out darkness. Well, how can that happen? What, what takes place? Well, let's just consider what this is. And Jesus himself says that you have to believe. So believe in Jesus Christ and he will be your light, the light that you need to cast out your darkness. Now, do you remember some of those verses that we looked at just before from the Old Testament? In Psalm 82, they do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness and proverbs for the way of the wicked is like darkness they do not know do you recognize the common themes there they do not know they don't understand everyone who's in this darkness which is everyone they don't know they don't understand when you're stuck in this darkness, you cannot understand the things of God. You have no capability to do it. And this is the great problem 
with every single one of us while we're in the darkness. We do not know. We don't understand. Uh, in our sin, we have a type of blindness that makes us unable to see. We can't see the realities of God. and We can't see the realities of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when God shines in his light into our hearts, his light works in us and changes us. So we read from the Apostle Paul. He says in 2 Corinthians in chapter 4, at verse 6, it's the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. He's talking there about creation. When God first made the world, and it says, doesn't it, that there was just darkness. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. It's the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge. We can't attain it. We can't get it for ourselves. He gives the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So we see something important in that verse. It's God himself who directs his light into our hearts. Just as in creation, when God commanded the light to shine, God commands his light to shine into our hearts. There is no light switch within ourselves that we can turn on as and when we decide to. God must do it. And God shines his light into our hearts. And his light brings the knowledge of the glory of God, the reality of God's being and of his holiness bear down upon us. And God does this through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And with this light, we see and understand that this Jesus is the Savior that we need. And in believing in Jesus as Savior and Lord, God brings about a most wonderful and remarkable change in those who were in darkness. So let me bring you two verses from the apostles' letters where they speak about this. First from Paul, writing to the Ephesians, and then Peter. Paul writes in Ephesians 5.8, For you once were darkness. He doesn't even say that you were in the darkness. He says you were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. And, and that's wonderful because he doesn't just say you're in the light. He says you are light. You weren't just in the dark. You were darkness. And now you're not just in the light. You are light. You yourself have been wonderfully changed. It's not just that God's taken you from here and put you there. In the process of doing it, he's changed you from darkness to light. So now you can walk as children of light. And then Peter, in 1 Peter 2, he says, you are you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, 
that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. There it is again. We can't do it. He called you out of darkness. And where did he put you? Into his marvelous light. And this was the promise of Jesus himself, which we read in John chapter 12. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. You will be changed forever if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He will bring you, only he can, from darkness to light. God himself will shine his light into you to do this work. God, through faith in Jesus, takes us out of darkness and places us into his light. Why has the baby of Bethlehem come into the world? Well, as a sinner, darkness is what defines you. Darkness is what defines the world in which you live. Where you live is dark. How you live is dark. Your thoughts are dark. Your whole world is darkness as a sinner. Jesus has come to give light. A light that exposes your sins. A light that causes you to see yourself as you really are in God's eyes. A light that exposes the cross of Jesus Christ and causes you to see him as he truly is the one who paid the penalty for your sins and the Savior who you so desperately need. And this light shines into the empty tomb so that you can see for yourself he is not there because he is risen. The baby of Bethlehem is God's redeeming and life-giving light. He has come as a light into the world that whoever believes in him will no longer abide in darkness. We praise him for it.